position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 252 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Friday, the 23rd of August, 2019 at 4.31 in the morning. Yes, Pacific Coast, West Coast time, left coast time. Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign like a good... You're fired, Ivor. You are fucking fired. Pack your shit, hit the bricks, motherfucker. Whiskey was your last good idea. Mmm. Delicious. That would make it, of course, for our sequel friends, 2019-08-23-04-31. Oh, man. Ah, we have a lot of stuff to get to this week. Um, But, as always, we start with our top stories. We have to maintain control of the, of the structure of the show. This is Richard Ball. We have to maintain control of the show. So, our top stories. First of all, I've been getting crushed by fucking work. Uh, especially this last week. I have a... I have a deadline for next month and there's all sorts of planning and shit. And, um, 
But I have managed to get in our next story. So much virtual reality, so little time. Uh, comes in this this news item comes in three magnificent parts. First of all, I am very pleased to report that uh, my Valve Index continues to run, not just run, but run and run uh, stably, run well. Run reliably. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Ivor. This is your second good idea today. Maybe I... No, you're fired. Um, This is a big thing, because now, like, we're almost at a month where I've had the Valve Index. Um, I think almost a month. Uh, Fuck, I had to have gotten it, like, at the end of July or at the beginning of August, so that's at least three weeks. I think this is the third episode that we that I that I've had it. Um and I have been very surprised because all my experience with virtual reality, be it on Windows, but especially on Linux, um but even on Windows with the Vive, uh reliable was not the first word that I would use to describe those experiences. This the Valve Index has been has outperformed everything else that I have ever had. Uh, and on Linux, it blows away everything. It blows everything away. Um, and I'm surprised by that. It did, I did, it, I did have a rockier time the first two weeks than I have these last two weeks. Um, as Steam VR, as, as Valve has pushed out numerous Steam VR updates and as numerous games have, you know, updated their content. Just this last month, just in August, um, August 8th, 9th, and 10th, really, um, almost every game that I really want to play, oh shit, sorry, um, has had a major update to bring it, uh, almost every game, to bring it in line with Valve and to make use of the Valve Index controllers, which the Knuckles controllers, they're called the Valve Index controllers, but they're the Knuckles controllers to me, because that's exactly the perfect name, I don't know why, what fucked up, you know, rebranding scheme Valve envisioned by, like, oh, well, we're gonna call them the Knuckles controllers, but then we're gonna call them the Valve Index controllers, worst idea ever, call them the fucking Valve Knuckles Index Knuckles controllers, because that's what they are, um, and they make the difference, so, uh, this week, I got, I, I found an hour to get more into VR chat. And don't worry, we have, th- th- this week's episode is, uh, less VR focused than the previous three. But we are still covering VR, cause VR, you have to get used to it. It is our authority, Batman. Dr. Mr. Batman Bond, Agent Double O Negative Tran. Or whatever you're calling yourself. No, Mr. Bob, I expect you to die. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, um, just this week, I found, uh, an hour, spare hour to fuck around in VR chat, which is unfucking believable. And one of the coolest things about VR chat that, and again, many thanks to Ad Knight for helping me, um, originally get on to VR chat and, he and I are gonna have to square off eventually soon in VR chat again. Um, now that I have like one one thousandth of his understanding of it. But one of the cool things about VR chat, as Ad Knight explained to me, 
um, is that you don't need a virtual reality rig, you don't need a headset, you don't need anything to play VR chat. If you have those things, then trust me, it is way cooler. Um, but if you don't, you can still play VR chat with like a controller or the mouse and the keyboard or whatever. Um, and chat with people. It is amazing. It is amazeballs. One of my favorite things about VR chat is something that I would never have discovered had it not been for Ad Knight, who uh basically, you know, as he was marching me through like a tutorial, uh, and that was back when uh Steam VR had not yet updated and Proton hadn't yet updated to 4.11.2 um, and so I was I was crashing and I was experiencing all, all these problems and stuff but um, one of my favorite things those problems are gone now, like I can sit in VR chat for, like, like I just said I, I, I sat in VR chat for an hour um, this last week, since we last spoke but one of my favorite things that he showed me is you can go into a special well it's not special, you're just like in the game and uh you uh pull open your your um your it's like a universal control panel that like automatic automatically mounts to the perspective of your left hand or right hand i'm right-handed but it doesn't matter and it's like floating there it's a huge fucking list of shit that is actually pretty well organized anyway the bottom line is this you can pull out a camera and it's a double-sided camera. It's about the size of like a Nintendo Switch, which I have never seen in physical reality, by the way. So it might be smaller, it might be larger. It reminds me a lot of uh, the Samsung tablet that I had a while ago that I, I jailbroke and put Linux on. Um, and that was a fucking disaster. Uh, but anyway, um, it's a big... It's like, I would say it's like, you know, maybe the screen size is... It's like the size of a Lynx. So if you're a thousand years old, like I am, it's about the size of a Lynx. But it's all screen, no buttons, I think. I haven't spent that much time staring. No, it has it has two columns of buttons on the left and right. But it has two screens, one on the front, one on the back. One on the back takes pictures. The one on the front, if you set it to streaming mode, you can manipulate this camera, turn it wherever you want, place it wherever you want, it even has a selfie stick with it, and if you're in streaming mode, that is what the VR compositor will broadcast, and it becomes a chase camera. So it, it stays fixed in position, you have to rotate. But even more fun than that, that's like if you just want to record yourself, or, you know, live stream yourself. Even more fun than that is, like, taking the camera around and, like, talking to people. And, like, you know, like... <laughs> putting it in their faces and stuff. I met, I met uh, three crazy fucking people this week. Just in just in one hour, I became Wonder Woman. By the way, um, who looks like a horse in drag? That avatar looks like a horse in drag. No offense to whoever made it, and thank you for releasing it freely to the public. But she looks like a horse in drag. I was just looking for anything with humanoid sized, normal T posed, scaled humanoid hands. Um, because I accidentally became uh, like Wario or something and his hands were enormous cartoon fucking hands and I couldn't interact with anything appropriately um, for a while and so I wandered the Avatar Halls of Doom desperate for any humanoid that I could fit myself into so I could regain control of my camera and stuff. VR Chat is free by the way 
you want to, I don't care if you don't like VR, I don't care if you don't even like other people, I sure as fuck don't, I avoid the outside world, trust me, VR chat is something truly special, so um, I met these uh, two little midget people who were both they both cloned the same avatar, and they look like um, little miniature ghost penguins crossed with rabbits they were very small people and um, and their 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 avatar had like a weird animation where they twitched their ears and shit. It was awesome. Then I met a fairy princess, and it's just fucking nuts, man! It is fucking crazy. It is the wild west. If you want to be on the internet and you like, you like the old internet, like I do, the empty internet. That's what I've called it. Um, and I have been calling, you know, the internet pre Tim Berners Lee inventing HTML and then having and then that standard being adopted um, so like 93, 94, you know, we're talking Usenet, IRC, you know, back when the technical barriers to getting online filtered out all of the fucking shit that we have to deal with today uh, <laughs> VR chat is you gotta check it out, man I don't care if you have a headset or not you gotta check it out, it is fucking rad and it's free um, No Man's Sky as featured in last week's episode No Man's Sky having a rocky uh, update release I, although it feels like a new game for me the technical difficulties that marred that update and the sale well the sale has expired the half off sale I think has expired I think it expired yesterday uh, let me make sure about that Ivor again you're fired you hear me Ivor Got those cans on? Got the Kigani here? Yeah, oh my god! Now recent reviews are mixed. 4,508 out of 109,515. Both of those, all reviews and recent reviews are mixed. And that's only after uh, 11 days after it's after the release of its uh, big update. Um, I am still having significant problems with the I can't get it to run in VR at all, but I have managed to get it running to where it's almost acceptable. But that is nowhere near acceptable to me because the game used to run a thousand times better before the update. I have gotten reports from friends of the show, like Bully Lockers and stuff, um, <coughs> who have uh using. Uh, well, Bulldogger specifically, I think, used a hack to, uh, what is it? Uh, no Man's Sky Linux NVIDIA uh, video RAM. You gotta spoof the vendor ID f- to make it think that your your video card's an AMD card if you, like I, have an NVIDIA card. I am not going to do that. That is unreasonable to expect me to do that. Um, and I don't want to fuck with <coughs> I don't want to fuck with that shit, but and I, I know that uh, Boldy runs AMD, uh, runs an AMD graphics card, so I don't know if he's fucking had to fuck with that. But uh, last report from Boldy was running quite well once I turned tessellation to low, which re- which originally had me crash. That's not good. I I've experienced only one stability issue. The big the big problem for me is performance, and then. Uh, the actual graphic quality 
it's like I have to go to it. It is significantly worse than prior to the update. I and they've pushed out an update almost every day since, or since we last met here on on this air, as they like to say, on this interwebs, on these bits, on these chips and blitz, bitches. Uh, oh, I was holding up the whiskey sign. He said it's fifteen minute, fifteen minute intermission, boss. Um. <coughs> I, I've not had any problems with it. Cra- I've only had experienced one hard crash. But uh, Bully says, uh, Bully says the performance is worlds apart for me now. It's on Vulcan. That's I think it was always on Vulcan, to be honest. Um, that said, there are some odd little bugs in the UI. Well, fuck you, Bully. Not everything is perfect. And uh, I think he's probably referring to something that's been built, baked into No Man's Sky. I mean, I got 300 hours in this game. There's never, I'm, so far I have no problems with the UI ever, I don't think. Um, and the odd texture fade in, this is something I experienced fucking hardcore. Odd texture fade, I'm reading Boldy's report right now, and the odd texture fade in where there shouldn't be, but this is vastly better, doesn't drop below 60 frames per second and no tearing. I get no tearing either, but I cannot get anywhere near 60 frames per second in space. It looks like absolute shit. It's almost unplayable in space. In fact, it's so... It, it's... and I'm, They will fix it. They will fix it. If there's one thing that Hello Games does, it eventually fixes No Man's Sky. Um, and I don't think that... And I, I don't think that these are Linux-only complaints, by the way, because I've heard from... Windows users who play it who are now having a vastly better time than they did post the initial release uh, due to the recent patches but for me, last time I checked, which was yesterday, uh, or no day before yesterday, it's still pretty fucked Um, and if you missed your opportunity to get No Man's Sky at half off oh, it ends August 26th so you have not missed your golden opportunity. I still highly recommend. This is one of the best games that I've ever played. Um, it's still 50% off at $29.99. Even if it doesn't work on your system right now, pick up that license at half off because it's not going to go... Well, first of all, pick it up before August 26th. But second of all, it does not go on sale that often because they have this weird misguided concept of what marketing is in you know the 21st century which is just bizarre I don't understand it I I really do not understand it they need to cut the price by 75% Mm. and release a working update for you know the vast majority of people but as of now I'll tell you last week the recent reviews were not mixed I'm pretty sure they weren't mixed or no, I mean, all reviews were mixed, but the recent reviews I don't think were mixed. That might be wrong. I'd have to go back and listen to last week's episode, and we all know that I don't like to do that. Um, but anyway, now they're both mixed. 4,508 reviews in the last 30 days. That is, this is exactly what I feared most would happen, is that they would cut the price just as they broke the game. Which is what, it just does not make any sense. But anyway, it is worth 30 bucks to get it while it's on sale. Get it while it's hot. Get it while it's hotter. 
Um, and even if you can't play the game in a workable form right now, trust me, they will fix it. I, I, I have no insider knowledge to tell you that they, that that's a dead mortal certainty, but it's a good bet. And, uh, it's a fantastic game. Fortunately, I have not been able to play it this week. Um, finally, in our top stories, before we get to our feature, which, oh, no, we have a new and noteworthy first, but it's a short one. I haven't had that much time to play it. So, a lot of what you're about to hear is, like, based on just my own personal experience with Twitch, but Twitch is in fucking turmoil right now. This is from, first of all, primarily from my experience with Twitch over the last two to three weeks. It seems like it's just been going increasingly off the rails, and I'll tell you exactly what I mean by that in a second, but then there was like this other fucking thing that everyone on the Discord was talking about. They are talking about like this this uh, ninja guy who like Twitch appropriated his channel after he left, and he was like a partner, and they started playing porno on his stream or something. It's just like, it's all fucked up and fucking weird, but here's my main complaint, and here's where I get really concerned, because I love Twitch, and I met so many cool people through Twitch, through live streaming on Twitch. Um, This goes back to fucking Free Leg Gnu, back when he used to fucking follow us on the Discord, when he used to still talk to me, um, fuck you, free like new, and fuck you, stupid end user. Um, although, fuck you, stupid end user, for ruining my fucking birthday. That's why you can go fuck yourself and die in a fire, too, if you want. Um, but anyway, moving on, I don't talk to these people anymore, but free like new is the first person to point out that I found you on Twitch by looking up the Linux tag, and then they pulled the Linux tag, then they pulled a lot of tags, then they repopulated the tags list, but now they have pulled almost everything from the tags list. This is important if you're a streamer on their service because you want to be able to properly identify what the fuck it is you're streaming. Here, just, here's a short list, just off the top of my head, of tags that have disappeared over the last 10 to 14 days, and these really piss me off and make my life more difficult, make it harder for people to find anything that they want to watch, forgetting, you know, us, forgetting Best Linux Games Podcast, this is a everyone's caliber-sized problem. They've pulled the tag for shooter. They've pulled the tag for first-person shooter. They've pulled the tag for RPG. They've pulled the tag for role-playing with a hyphen. Now they have role play, like the sex type of role play. They, you know, I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions on what the fuck, you know, whether or not they mean that is in like role play, cosplay, sex play, or what. But they ain't, they didn't pull it to fucking promote art role playing games. That much is for certain. They don't have adventure. They don't have shooter. They don't have baseball, but they do have basketball. What the fuck is going on in their heads? They say that the new tag system, this is, you know, months ago when they launched and I I started that miniature campaign to try to, you know, get as many of you guys to write to them, to tell them to bring back Linux as a tag, but their original rationale was they didn't want brand names in the tags list, and Linux evidently is a brand name 
whatevers, dudes. It there's something going on with Twitch. And our viewership has been like way down. It could be because someone's talking shit about me, or it could just be because I'm not entertaining. It also could be because I've been so busy these last two weeks that I haven't been streaming as much as I I was uh like in July. It doesn't matter. The thing is, it doesn't matter what I stream if if people can't find it. And I mean, this is not a me thing. This is a systemic thing. Like, I mean, what the fuck are you supposed to do? I, I can't, like, the only, t- okay, it's like, a game mentioned last week, Ion, Ion Fury, which is what Ion made and became post-early access. It's a first-person shooter. It's um, done using the build engine that was used to make Duke Nukem 3D back in the day, but this is a professionally programmed game by 3D Realms. These are veteran programmers exploiting the build engine for all of their worth, so it doesn't look pixel trash. There is no shooter tag for it. There is no first-person shooter tag. There is no FPS tag. There is no... uh, I mean, how the fuck are you supposed to find it? And yet, meanwhile, the hypocrisy of it is that it won't let me add tags if I'm highlighting stuff, I can't add my own tags to the stuff that, like, content that I've created that I'm now highlighting, you know, creating highlight reels. So what the fuck you, you know, so, like, I, I, I'll, I'll live stream Pavlov VR, and the only thing that I can put in is VR and multiplayer. That's it. Not fucking cool. In fact, there are more tags available for when I play Stride Piano on the weekends on the live stream. Um... Then I mean, I can put in retro, I can put in jazz music, I can put in singing, I can put in solos, I can put in improv, I can put in, um, you know, blah, a bunch, a plethora of tags that people who want to see that sort of shit at that moment can find me. I don't know what everyone else is doing. I mean, we just made affiliate, like, you know, last month, like, right before, um, just like weeks before our 250th episode and I don't I don't really know what the fuck the future is there um if they keep this tag system so fucked up I can't remember who bought Twitch uh but they, I remember they paid a, I think it's Amazon owns Twitch right it's either Amazon or Microsoft it doesn't matter and I'm not saying that, like there's, there's some sort of global conspiracy you know there or whatever but whatever they're doing, they need to get the thumbs out of their asses and stop fucking destroying their own fucking platform. Because I-, I know Boldy left, um, I don't know why he left. He was kind of vague about Twitch. Uh, something about the Ninja Guy. He went to some other service or whatever. But, I, you know, I mean, I made affiliates. So it's like, and I like Twitch. I've gotten used to Twitch. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what, what the fuck but they need to bring those tags back and I don't know what the fuck it is maybe it's just the Donald Trump era of fucking just bullshit, I'm, I'm not even kidding I, I know I know people are like, oh shut up quit talking politics or whatever but this isn't even really a political thing, this is just like, Donald Trump takes no accountability for anything he does or says any of the lies that he tells on literally uh, ten times every day he lies to everybody the press conference he gave um, this weekend was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. It wasn't a press conference, it was chopper talk. But he literally, within 10 seconds and within one sentence, no distance, no daylight, would say something, assert something, 
with absolute vehemency and then in the next sentence without even answering another question or anything would reverse what he just said to the extent that it was impossible to tell if he even knows what the fuck reality is I'm not even talking about knowing whether or not he's lying because basically everything he says that com- everything everything he says that comes out of his mouth is a lie at this point um, I mean like a fucking blatant bull face lie anyway the bottom line is uh, what I'm trying to get at is there's this attitude seems to have crept into American culture and not just you know um, American political culture not just American culture at large like you know among among the citizenry but especially in terms of corporate culture it seems like and and on the internet it, it seems like it's even worse and I don't know if it's a Trump thing I know that Trump isn't helping it because this shit is ridiculous what Twitch is doing by removing these tags disenfranchises the vast majority of people who live stream on it but even worse it makes it impossible for anyone to tag their content appropriately so that they can find their audience or that their or so that their audience can find them it is ridiculous and I don't know what the fuck is going on but it it needs to stop or I, I mean I'll move on I, I have no problem moving on like if it runs with OBS, you know, I'm no longer a slave. Us Linux users who, you know, have OBS, we are no longer slaves. We're no longer accountable in terms of live streaming uh, world to any single master. You know, there is no more monopoly on this. So, Twitch better fucking wake the fuck I mean, yeah, I'm not talking about like Linux users, you know, abandoning Twitch and, and mass. I imagine most Linux users don't even really use Twitch. But, um... <coughs> Mm. there are other competing services out there and vast majority of people who cannot tag or, uh, you know, I'm talking about content creators and I'm talking about, you know, everyone who uses Twitch if they can't tag their content, they can't be found and if they can't be found, then when you go to find something that you want to see on Twitch and you can't find it, then you stop using Twitch as a viewer I stopped using Twitch as a viewer. You know, blah. And so I don't know if it's a multi-tiered system that they're trying to go for, which would be absolutely shitty. Like, cause I will fucking drop them in a heartbeat. Um, if that's what they're going for. If they're going for like a, a partners only or like an affiliates only. The great fun of Twitch is like it's YouTube, but it's live. And it's a gaming community and has lots of users. And it used to be that you could find what you wanted to fucking find. Any any barrier to that runs exactly is exactly antithetical to the 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 forces that brought us to Twitch in the first place. I'm not talking about like us as in Best Links Games Podcast. I'm not talking about me and Ivor. I'm talking about like anyone who's ever been on Twitch. So it's like, yeah, fuck you, you need to die in a fire if that's what they're doing. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I know that they make too much money and have too much fucking corporate money behind them to be running this type of service one of the you know biggest fucking websites on the interwebs like it's a fucking mom and pop shit show the way that they're running it so before we get to our feature which is our Wolfenstein Youngblood review for those of you who are too lazy to read the uh, episode title <laughs> which I imagine I think that's probably going to be in the title for this week's episode. more whiskey ooh God damn, it felt good to get that rant out off my 
off my chest. It's it's amazing. And I went ballistic four nights ago when I was because I've been live streaming almost every night one game uh, in uh, Super Mega Baseball Two, which will be reviewed next week. I'm pretty sure because I'm at 18 hours now and I'm almost. I think a little over halfway done with my season, but I've been broadcasting the moon. I've been uh, live streaming the Moon Stars. That's my team. I say, you know, wage unholy fucking terrific war against all opposition in their season in the game. And so I was like, oh, I should probably put baseball in there. B A S E. And I came up with basketball. So I was like, okay, wait, 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 race that B. Then I scroll down and listen. There is no baseball. They have basketball, but no baseball. What the fuck is that? Like, you don't have shooter, you don't have FPS, you don't have adventure, you don't have RPG, you don't have role-playing, you don't have... I mean, like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? I mean, when you pull shooter as a tag, what the fuck Maybe that's in response to all the gun violence. But this was like last week that that disappeared. And that makes no sense because one thing's got nothing to do with the other. So it's really frustrating um, trying to structure streams. Like I have to go through every fucking tag just to try to find something before I start, you know, something, anything applicable to, uh, you, you keep basketball, but you do not have baseball. What the fuck does that mean? Anyway, Felt really good to get that off of our chest. So now, I were basing with the new and noteworthy because we got one title that I want to talk to you about. It's not necessarily new, but it is definitely noteworthy. I was a North American fall when working my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So, in our new and noteworthy this week, we have one game. It's called um, Edge... Oh, oh shit, We're, oh my god, my nose just crashed, hang on one second, let me bring this back up uh, one moment, sorry about this little technical hiccup here Edge of Eternity and Edge of Eternity uh, came out I uh, it's still in early access it came out as an early access at, bleh, early access title December 5th, 2018 so far, the recent reviews have been mostly positive, 37 uh, all reviews, very positive, 728 now, Edge of Eternity is like Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy series of JRPGs with a different art style. It's got this um, very realistic human-sized art style with this huge fantasy universe, blah, blah, blah. Here's what they have to say about the title. Wage epic turn-based battles as you follow Darian and Selene on their quest to find a cure to the all-consuming corrosion in this grand tale of hope and sacrifice. Very French. I've only uh, played it for uh, like 30-45 minutes um, and still is in early access. But check this out. Here's one of the reasons why I think you might want to support this title. First of all, they, they update this constantly. That's the only way it's the only way to survive. It's the only way that they... I mean, recent reviews, mostly positive. All reviews, very positive. So, here's the here's the money shot. I kind of buried the headline. Here's what they have to say, the developers. What, what's... What, what, Midgar Studio. Midgar Studio has this to say. Why early access? Here is their answer. 
as he and this basically this answer pops up every time you boot up the game. There's just a black screen with three big paragraphs of text, and it stays on that screen for like five minutes if you don't press like a button or something because they want you to read it. And I think it's very cool that they did that. But here's what they have to say outside of the game. As a small indie team of nine people, making an epic JRPG adventure game is a huge and work-intensive task. We believe that the labor done so far and its results are already quite an achievement, But and it is. I've, I've I've played 30, 45 minutes of it. I'm not, you know, ready to give it a review, but I was kind of shocked. Once I got in game, because like they prepare you with like this, we're only nine people, please don't hurt us, um, kind of thing. And I was expecting like like absolute shit. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. It even has decent voice acting. Script is is above average um, for an independent JRPG. Anyway, we believe that the labor done so far and its results are already quite an achievement, but we're still a long way away from getting the game to where we want it to be. Then they go on to say that their plan for the game going forward is that it's like a rolling release. They're releasing chapters that will be unlocked as they go forward, as they make them. Um, so yeah, it's really impressive. It's $19.99 that's not on sale. That's just the full price. Um, I wonder what the fuck... You know, as soon as I get more time to play uh, Edge of Eternity... I'll have more to say about it. Um, but I'm just wondering what the fuck their plan is, because December 5th, 2018, that is almost a year ago now. I mean, we're heading into September. September, October, November, December. It's like eight months, so how long are they going to be in early access? I don't want to see it get stalled forever here. Um, because it looks like it's going to be great. They're going to be at GamesCon 2019. Uh, that was August 20th. Um, oh, that, that reminds me, uh, Nova Drift is at, if you're going to PAX Northwest, be sure to hassle the guys at Nova Drift, uh, Jeffrey Nielsen. Tell them that Scooky Sprite said hello. Uh, and that, where's my fucking interview, motherfucker? Cause he's rolling out the ma- next major update. But anyway, for, for that, as soon as he gets back from PAX, I think. Anyway, Edge of Eternity, if you like JRPGs, I mean, gorgeous. JRPGs, turn-based Final Fantasy style uh, with amazing environments. Um, It's very, very pretty and very, very cool. And someone's live-streaming it now on... I hate the Steam live-streaming thing because they won't add Linux support for it. I guess that's probably because of security problems across different distros. Maybe for uh remote screen sharing or whatever. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. I just know that for as much lip service as Steam, and for, I mean, for the opposite way, for as much shit as everyone throws at Valve in terms of the Linux community, they brought us Proton. And they did that after the game development industry and the publishers did not respond. And they brought us basically every game that appears on this show. And they've made Linux, Valve alone has made Linux basically a world class gaming platform. I mean, sure, it's not, you know, your Nintendo Switch, but nothing is. And it's not, you know, Xbox 360 or Xbox or the Xbone or the PlayStation 4, but it is, I can play most games that run on those systems 
you know, blah, fuck Epic, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, anyway, so I'm just saying, if you're into, and you would never know that Edge of Eternity was not developed by, you know, a huge team of like, you know, 100 fucking programs. It seems like they're taking their damn time with it, though, and I hope it doesn't get stalled. So that's Edge of Eternity. Now, I will based him with the feature. So, as intimated earlier, uh, either by your ability to read uh, the episode title for this week's episode, uh, or based on me having told you, for the illiterate, or as the onion would say, for the blind, the illiterate, and the lazy, welcome to the audio version of our review of Wolfenstein Youngblood. The first entry into the Wolfenstein reboot, I guess, more whiskey, that's a good idea. More whiskey! Mm. The first multiplayer co-op capable um, it, uh, iteration of the Wolfenst- Wolfenstein Wolfenstein franchise since the reboots. I will get straight to the banner headline for this. Is Wolfenstein Youngblood as good as Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus? No. And I will tell you why. Without even addressing Wolfenstein Youngblood. No, this game is not as good as Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus. Why is that? Because I don't think I've played a game, a first-person shooter especially, uh, with a story, with a real story, in the last 10 years that is as good or as satisfying as Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus, which I understand in of itself was a polarizing title for many people, uh, both new and old fans of the franchise, etc. Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus is one of the best games I've ever played. So pitting it against Wolfenstein Youngblood is like, it's not just apples to oranges, it's like the best orange, I I don't like oranges that much. I like orange juice, but I don't like oranges because weird pulpy parts bother me. Um, weird texture. It's like an alien seed that you're biting into. But, um, anyway, so it's not just like apples to oranges. It's like the greatest orange ever made that you've ever tasted. Or way up there, like in your top 50 oranges of your life versus a fucking rotten well, not rotten, versus like a really, 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 really old Pear. Not as in balls, but as in like the fruit. Like, like an apple, but with like, you know, a pear shape. Yeah, so there we go. I just used tautology. Okay. Now, is Wolfenstein Youngblood a fucking badass entry into the Wolfenstein franchise series of reboots? Oh my god, I say yes it is. And I've been trying to get to the, trying to find space for this review on this show for at least three weeks now. At least three weeks. Because I think I beat it three weeks ago for the first time. It came out July 25th. So yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, no, no, no. I didn't beat it three weeks ago. I beat it like 
Oh, yeah, no, I think maybe three weeks ago. I'm getting old, so it's difficult. My estimates are getting increasingly hazy as, you know, I grind through the remainder of this year well ahead of my 250 fucking game average every year since I started doing this podcast. I played a lot more than that this year. Well, at least I played deeper. Anyway, first of all, Wolfenstein Youngblood is the first and only multiplayer capable installment of the Wolfenstein series. Now, if you've not played Wolfenstein the New uh, Wolfenstein the New Order and Wolfenstein 2 the New Colossus, you should play those first. In spite of the fact that there is almost nothing new in Wolfenstein Youngblood in terms of the story, um, in terms of the main story, in terms of the story as we knew it. It's almost a separate game universe because, and th- as always, this will be spoiler-free. You find this out if you look at the fucking Steam Store page. You can see by the game logo on the Steam Store page that this has nothing to do with PJ Blazkowicz. This has nothing to do with the former hero of the previous two games. This has to do with his twin daughters, Sophie and Jess. Sophie and Jess, it takes place in 1980, so like 18, no, 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 it was uh, what, 69 I think at the end of the second game, which I will not tell you anything about, and don't read up on either of the previous two games, just buy them and play them, because both of them alone they're spo- they, it, they spoiler mind traps and if you go look at anything that anyone has to say about them, they'll probably ruin the game for you. So don't do that. Just, just, just trust me. Just trust me. As all of a sudden I'm doing what James Mason. Anytime I feel mm, pressured, I become James Mason. Oh, that's a terrible James Mason. I used to be able to do a much better James Mason. But anyway, Wolfenstein Youngblood takes place. Oh God, I have dyscalculia. So dyscalculia. So fuck you if you're making fun of me for not being able to do the math. 1969 is a one that makes 70. So 11 years later. Alright, that's what I was going to say. Or no, it's not. What the fuck? It can't be 11 years later because the kids are like, the main character is like 16 or 18 or something. Uh, what year? What year? What year? It's 1980 something. These girls have led a cloistered life in a new America. And I'm not going to tell you anything about that new America. But they would refer to it as post the second American Revolution. Which, you know, maybe their dad and their mom, Anya, had something to do with. But they've grown up in fucking hayseed butthole Texas. BFE. Bumfuck fucking Egypt. They've led a cloistered life trained as killers and oh, ardent Nazi haters by their dad Terror Billy B.J. Blaskowitz or by their mom Anya one of them is alive, one of them is not I know sad, isn't it? but that doesn't spoil anything about the other two games, so they've been trained but they've never seen the outside world 
after something goes wrong in their fucking hick town, they don't even have a town. They live like in like a fucking cabin. That's their whole life. They get the opportunity to go on the adventure of a lifetime and kill themselves some real nazis. And while some people have found the sisters' relationship with each other to be corny and stupid and stuff, it reminds me so much of what it was like growing up in the real non-counterfactual universe of 1980, you know, early to mid-1980s America that it is great they tease each other, they have this sibling rivalry, they're twins um, but they love each other and they only thing that they love as much as each other is killing Nazis by the way, I will drop that in I don't care if we have to make extra time my name is Lieutenant Aldo Rain and I'm putting together a special team and I need me two. soldiers two Jewish American soldiers we're going to be dropped into France, dressed as civilians. Once we're in enemy territory, as a bushwhacking guerrilla army, we're going to be doing one thing and one thing only. Killing Nazis. There we go. Ivor earns a cookie for once this week, but he's still fired. Although he is holding on the whiskey sign. Um, so yeah, so it's 1985. It's this counterfactual Nazi-controlled universe, but America is under... It's still, it's it's no longer under the grips of civil war against its Nazi, uh, uh, uh not subvert, you know, it conquerors. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, like there's an FBI and evidently a functioning government, and blah blah blah. So the two girls they get caught up in venture of a lifetime. They go to Paris, but first they blow up a dirigible and get their first Nazi kills. Now, there's a couple of things about this game that I think most reviewers that I've read have not really taken into account. First thing is, this game is fully multiplayer co-op. You can jump into anyone's game at any time if they have it set to, you know, uh, anyone can join, or you can set it to, like, only friends can join. Um, I recommend setting it to only friends can join and then just jumping into other people's games. The co-op aspect of it, you can play it single player too, by the way. Co-op aspect of it is really well thought out and very ingenious. In fact, the way it plays out in terms of the campaign is even very ingenious. This is as close to Grand Theft Auto uh, online, GTA 5 online, as you'll get inside the Wolfenstein universe. Beyond that, mm, the way the game is structured, its mis- mission structure is a free pick whatever missions you want, go do them, don't do them. If they're time sensitive, do them before they're, you know, or don't. Um, all of which feeds into like the real engine. There's two main big qualities. Well, three main big qualities. The first one is the ability to play with other people. And it's only two people at once. So it's very easy to matchmake um, and just jump right in with someone else. Especially after you've beaten the game. Because that way, like you, you don't end up in over your head. Um, because the second best thing about the game. And not just over in over your head, but like 
in a part of the game that you haven't gotten to yet, etc. And I mention this because sometimes, and this happened to me, um, it would match make me with people who were like, ooh, maybe 10 hours ahead of me, maybe 15, maybe 20. And at parts of the game that were critical story element parts of the game that I didn't want to see yet because I had no idea what the fuck was happening. So I would leave the game. That's the only major flaw in the matchmaking uh, thing, but it's also kind of a major plus because if you're having problems with a certain part of the game, you can open up your game to anyone. Someone will, I mean, if you hang around long enough or, you know, keep playing long enough, you give it like an hour. Um, I've never had an hour where I've made the game open to the public where someone has not jumped into my game. Um, And that means they help you with whatever the fuck it is that you want to do. And that's the luxury of having twin sisters. Beyond that, the second biggest thing about the game that I really like is the way the power-up is the way, uh, not the power-ups, the way um, you level up both your guns and your actual character's stats. It's not the most elaborate technical tree ever in terms of your character's stats, um, but it is important and it is big. It, it's big. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of skills to master, um, from stealth skills, making your uh, stealth power armor last longer, so you're fucking invisible, to um, alongside of that, to to giving you more uh, throwable silent projectile weapon carryability to making the use of those I'm talking about throwing knives, throwing axes, etc to making those throwables more deadly to uh, unlocking entire other abilities like the ability to power stomp because you can, you're in power armor you can jump really high power stomping is where like you know you, you, you jump up, you do like a double jump and you press the jump button a third time and then bam, you smash into whatever's beneath you. You can turn that into a devastating attack that can destroy even the most heavily armored enemies. Same thing almost with the throwing weapons. Those are silent though and you can throw them when you're cloaked. So that's totally cool. But then there's the weapon technology tree and the weapon unlocks. You have to find every weapon before you can actually uh, start upgrading it. But the upgrading trees for the weapons very satisfying, even um, for as kind of reductive as it is, once you realize that beyond the actual modifications you can make to weapons, they themselves have their own upgrade trees. Uh, they're not upgrade trees, but their own upgrade... They, they themselves are upgradable just by getting kills with them. So it's kind of like Skyrim meets Wolfenstein. Um, and I found it to be very enjoyable. There's a, a variety of missions. Most of them are, uh, you know, go kill this guy or go do this stupid thing. But anyway, you join up with the French resistance in occupied Paris. And uh, you two hayseeds who have never seen the world are now in fucking Paris <laughs> fighting Nazis in 1985 or 1984 or whatever. And uh, the whole the ability to upgrade weapons with kills at first seems stupid. You don't modify the weapons. Those use a separate point system. But to upgrade your actual lethality with weapons, you have to hit certain numbers of kill targets that carry over in between and throughout missions, etc. So, like, to 
and they confer significant bonuses. If you're not into grinding, then this will be a problem for you. I personally love grinding, and I love killing Nazis. I I thought it was great, because eventually, once you get them leveled up, you can become a fucking unstoppable force. Like, when you're dealing an extra, like, 8 to, you know, whoever knows how much percent damage with a certain weapon, it's great. It's really good. It's very effective. Uh, especially when you have stuff that interacts with, like, you know, your core, your character's core abilities. For instance, like, you know, once you get better with throwing knives and stuff, and using knives and stealth elements, or the inverse, if you want to go in big and loud, you can go in big and loud. Many people have cited this uh, stealth mechanic as being a regression from uh, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, and they're right, it is. And yes, the AI, if you're playing it single player, the AI, though some people have been pissed off at the AI for decloaking when you're cloaked, that is not a problem that I've really experienced that much. And I've beaten the game. It took me about 40 hours to beat... uh, Took me what? Where the fuck? Why doesn't it say? Uh, it took me thirty-three hours to beat the game. So, like your average gamer should beat it, you know, significantly faster than that. I would say eighteen to twenty-four hours. So it's not the longest game, but it is very satisfying if you like killing Nazis. Now, the third thing that makes the game really good to me, and that I think I, I don't think that people have really hit on these elements in their critiques of the games, although I do understand a lot of the critiques that I've read um, and I can agree with most of them the stealth aspect of it is not one that I can agree with, the stealth element is nowhere near as good as uh, the first reboot of the Wolfenstein games, the the New Order, and it's uh, it's not quite as good it's not as good as, as Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus, but as I mentioned at the start of this review that's not fair, because I can't think of a first-person shooter that I've played in the last, like, ten years, maybe, that is as good you know, that actually has a story that is as good as Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. But the other thing that I really like about this game are the graphics and the fact that you're killing Nazis. There are new types of enemies. You will kill lots of gigantic Nazi scary robots in this game my big complaint about the AI, I mean, they look great, and the amount of detail in these kind of free-to-explore, but also kind of locked doors, jump-booted kind of uh, levels, because they all interrelate with each other, más o menos, generally there are more than one, there's more than one way to get through an area, but if you're trying to accomplish a mission, generally there's only one way to accomplish that mission, so it kind of defeats the purpose of having like this fully explorable universe until you start taking side missions from Abby, like where it's like, okay, well, you have to destroy all these Hitler statues. Actually, I think that's a main, uh, main mission for some reason, but it doesn't matter. Like you'll end up doing them all over and over and over and over again. And they're all really fun. Some of them are longer and are more frustrating, but all of them, the environments are incredibly detailed. It's like they took everything that they'd made for the past two Wolfenstein reboot games, and then I'm talking about, like, individual objects, I'm talking about the details and stuff, and then they made all new geography, 
they made occupied Paris circa 1985 after, you know, fucking almost 50 years of Nazi occupation so it's Nazi techno-occupation at this point um, and Paris, a city that I have been to and I've spent a lot of time in, a lot of time probably more so than any other place on the face of the planet other than where I was born and also Yuma, Arizona um, where my half my family is from um, I spent a lot of time in Paris and Paris circa 1985 in this counterfactual Nazi-occupied world is still recognizable as Paris. And that is incredible. The geography is amazing. Um, but what's even better, and the, one of the things that I love the most about the game, is that you have to collect these silver coins. A- at least at first, because you do need them. I can't remember which uh, part, because you know, like I said, it's a tripartite upgrade path. You know, you have your innate skills, which are broken into three categories. So it's like mind, stealth, something, 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 something. Then you have like, uh, and in, inside inside of each one of those is a linear path along each of those, and you can do all of them at once or focus on one thing. You know, you can do it however you fuck you want, whatever you need, whenever you want it. Then you have a separate upgrade tree for. Um, the modifications you can make to weapons and those require, I think those require silver coins or Nazi gold, which you can buy via microtransaction, which is abhorrent to me, especially considering that this game should really be 20 bucks instead of $39.99, but and, oh, and then there's the third uh, third upgrade uh, path or whatever, third category of upgrades, and that's just by killing Nazis with individual weapons and that upgrades the individual weapon itself um the amazing most amazing thing apart from all the new enemies and a lot of them are like recycled or have made appearances in other games but there are a ton that are new and their AI is not that great but that's even to me I think that's even better cause it shows what a fucking slovenly fucking bag of dicks the fucking erstwhile wannabe master race you know quote unquote is in terms of occupied Paris which they can barely even control so it's like we've taken the war from the second American revolution over back across the pond to liberate Paris because I mean we already did I think we did London in the first game but anyway it doesn't matter the real thing that I like the most about this game, apart from the multiplayer aspect, the multiplayer aspect is fucking fantastic. You can give each other buffs just by pressing the up button on the D-pad and that gives and you you can change them uh, outside of combat, you can change them to give, to confer different abilities to your cohort, your your sister. Uh, By the way, for the record, I am always Sophie because this Sophie ain't gonna have to make a choice. This Sophie gonna kill the Nazis. She's gonna make the ultimate choice. Uh, She's gonna make the final choice. Oh, you wanna talk about final solution? Hey, Jerry! <laughs> I got your final solution right here, mother liquor. Um, And that buffs your sister. If either of you get killed, if you get downed, the other one has to revive the one who is downed. That uses, that draws from a shared life pool. You have a limited number of shared lives and a limited number of capacity to carry them. When 
someone is about to die, be it uh, another, uh, and this means like they've been down so many times that they are now, they don't have the option to bleed out and spend one of their lives. If they die, the mission is over and you have to start it over again. There are limited save points, which are just checkpoints um, inside of a mission. And generally, if you leave a mission, you'll have to start it over again. And if anyone dies, if either of the sisters hard dies, you have to start the mission over again. This brings me to my number one criticism about the game. And it's something that I, I just, I've not seen. It seems like a lot of people thought this was going to be Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, Wolfenstein 3, Youngblood, but it's not. It's Wolfenstein Youngblood. It is not a it's designed to give a multiplayer aspect to the game, and it does that, I think, very successfully. It is a lot of fun playing with another human being. It's also reasonably fun. I can't count the number of times that my sister, I'm always Sophie, I can't count the number of times that Jess has fucking saved my life. Now that brings me to my number one and biggest critique. Well, I have two critiques about this game. First is that it's short. It's not the longest game on the fucking face of the planet. Whereas I spent... God damn it, Ivor, you're fired! He's holding up the whiskey sign, so I will drink while I look for this. Um, Wolfenstein. God damn it, you're supposed to put this fucking shit in the rundown, Ivor. I know you're not the per... You're so fucking fired, Ivor. You are so fucking fired. Um... It took me about 50, 40, 46 hours to beat uh, Wolfenstein to the New Colossus, and that was completing all of the Enigma Code assassination missions. Which, I, I gotta say, accounts for at least 6 to 8 hours of that time. So, Wolfenstein Youngblood doesn't clock in at that much of a deficit. It's a game that you can play for forever. Because you can just, especially after you beat the game, I think that a lot of people have not beaten the game, really. Because then you could just jump into whoever's fucking game you want, and you get to kill Nazis with someone else who's generally really good, and they'll show you secrets, and they'll tell you stuff, and stuff, but it's all in a frenetic action-packed, you know, Nazi-murdering, hyperbolic, fucking crazy, unbelievable weapons, giant Nazi robots, unbelievable fucking architecture, um, environment, that is graphically just amazeballs. My number one critique about the game isn't that your sister, when played by the AI, will reveal your position by decloaking. Although that's happened to me like once or twice, maybe. And that was like early on in the game, like when I had no, when we collectively didn't have any significant amount of time that we could be cloaked and had no buffs so that we could run while we're cloaked or etc. When you're cloaked, you're limited to your silent silent pistol and um, a knife. Um, my biggest problem with the AI and no, I, I, I haven't thoroughly researched this because I don't really give a fuck and I've beaten the game. And I, I don't generally play it without other people anymore. My biggest complaint about the game, are there it seems like there are three, two or three missions. Not just two or three missions. They're like 
I can't even identify the specific points, but this has happened to me maybe five times. It happened once every six hours of gameplay on average. Hopefully not during a significant mission, although that did happen once at the end of a significant mission. Sometimes your sister will just reprioritize and go insane. And no matter how many times you have been down or not been down or that she's been down or not been down, she will not come to get you. She will not revive you at all if she's controlled by the other player. Like I said, it's only happened I got like, what, 30 hours in the game, something like that? What the fuck? What was my official time for Oh god, where the fuck is it? Oh, here it is. 32 hours. So literally once every six hours, your sister will, for one reason or another, even if you crawl to her, even if you are at her feet, she will not revive you. It's a bug in the game. It's a bug in the AI's fucking uh, prioritizing concept of the universe. The only thing worse and more frustrating than that is when I mean, she'll do anything other than revive you. And you could be at her feet. And she will not revive you. She'll prioritize other targets above you. Even targets that are not a pressing threat. Which is very irritating. And really reaches apotheosis for me. This one particular mission that, like, literally takes... Your first time through, it takes maybe upwards of an hour and a half maybe upwards of 45 minutes so I'm going to just divide that in half because you know to for for purposes of eliminating hyperbolic you know blah and I don't have a actual note on how long but it's a long fucking mission and if you die you have to start over again from the beginning and we got to the boss who you don't have to fight the, the objective in that mission is not the boss it's actually doing these other things around the boss she would not come and save me and so we had to do it over again I want to say we had to do it over again twice um oh wait no that's not true only once because she would not revive me that really pissed me off it also significantly hinders the free will the illusion of free will aspect of the sandbox elements of the game in that it's really fun to play with your sister I mean I don't mean that in a filthy way. Um, I mean that in... Although, I think it was uh, Disfor who kept saying, have the sisters made the porno yet? Uh, <laughs> but, uh... Oh, yeah, I've, I almost forgot. Other great thing about the game. It's like they took all of the individual elements. Like, I'm talking about, like, small items. Knickknacks. Books. Um, projectors. Hitler statues, although those seem new, and added a ton more of them, so that every room, every place that you go to looks completely like it's been lived in with all sorts of cool shit and this is important because early on you need to get a lot of silver coins, that means you need to look in every nook and cranny and ass crack of the game and you will just spend time marveling at all of the shit that they rendered for this game. But anyway, going back to 
So that's like a massive plus. Other people say that it looks and feels derivative. Trust me, baby. It is amazeballs. And the actual geography is incredible. And even the um, austere Nazi bunkers that you sometimes visit, there's like maybe two missions where you end up in like really like sterile kind of you know, military style installations that kind of look maze-like and are kind of very self-similar. Even those, like, the technology inside of them is really impressive. Like, you know, like, the the details of the technology. It's all retro, counterfactual. What if the Nazis had won the war and now it's 1984 or whatever, and they have spent fucking 50 goddamn years fuck, er, well, 40 fucking years making all of this crazy shit that America basically had in 1985 plus some other crazy shit because they're insane like they're fucking Nazis, you know it's like, you know, how can China control its economy better than America, well, there's only one guy, Xi Jinping you know, he can fucking say whatever tomorrow and, you know, ah, the entire Chinese economy snaps too, whereas in the free market system, well, so it's, 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 it's not the most amazing game I've ever played graphically, it is fantastic Combat-wise, I have a major complaint, and that is the use of a shoulder button of the le- the right bumper to switch between your weapons, which, unlike the previous two games, you cannot automatically use as a Kimbo. In fact, you can only use small arms akimbo, and that's only once you unlock that skill. But just the same, I love killing me some Nazis. I love me some Wolfenstein reboots. This game is way better I think that most people give it credit for. That having been said, I cannot give this game the highest honor that we can that Best Links Games podcast can bestow on any title. That would be worth full price, any price, all prices, any day, all day, every day, any year, whenever, whichever year you want to pick, past, present, or future. It's not, it's not that good. It's not that good. But that is the highest honor that we can bestow. This game is very good. I thought it was very good. It's not without its flaws, but overall, the graphics and the, just the sheer amount of weaponry, um, I love the interplay, I love the ability to play with other people. Although most people are not that talkative. Uh, most people don't even realize where the fuck you are. And there is some weird spawning, like sometimes you'll spawn at the beginning of a mission when the other person is balls deep way the fuck ahead and everyone is respawned between you and them so it's a hard sell to get to where they are sometimes but that's only happened to me like two or three times it is a rollicking Nazi murdering festival of fucking Nazi murdering in glorious glorious graphics the net net connections for me have been great it's always easy to jump into someone else's game and the single player experience is very satisfying for what it is. It's best though after you beat the game and then can just jump freely into other people's games because your experience, all your abilities carry over. You know, you're only one character throughout the duration of your life. I mean, you can create a new save and start start fresh or whatever and then, you know, jump in as a noob to other people's games, but you're going to suck and they're going to hate you. Uh, well, they won't hate you. Like, they'll just carry you. Um, which is great fun, too. In fact, I enjoy that as much as I enjoy killing the Nazis, is carrying a new player. So, if you want, 
hit me up on the Discord. I'm Skooky Sprite. And uh, let me know when you're going to play. I'll jump in a game with you. I kept telling Gap and Stance. He's like, oh, a multiplayer game. <laughs> winner, famous winner, by the way, of thirty over 32 uh, Steam keys during our 60-game giveaway. He's not only a Windows gamer, he doesn't listen to the show, I guess, but uh, <laughs> he was like, well, what multiplayer game? I'm like, dude, I'm playing Wolfenstein Youngblood. Buy this game. Join me in this game. We will play this game. Anyway, he didn't get the fucking message. Something. I don't know. Anyway. It is a really fun game. I highly recommend Wolfenstein Youngblood, especially if you are anything of a fan of the series of the Wolfenstein reboots. You will like it a lot. I think you will. There are some aspects of it that are frustrating, but there are many more aspects of the game that are very rewarding, tons of fun, and provide the first uh, multiplayer Wolfenstein that anyone has ever seen. So that'll be that'll do us for this week. Sorry we went a little long, hour and 17 minutes. I will take us out. I will see you next week with a review, possibly of Graveyard Keeper, maybe of which we beat this week. But yeah, Wolfenstein Youngblood is 30 bucks. And it's I, I would say it's 30 bucks well spent, especially by virtue of the fact that if you want to jump in the game with anyone else, you can. And even if you've beaten the game, that's that's your computer chick constantly churns out new challenges for you every week. There's a weekly challenge uh, and three daily challenges that you can do every day and week, respectively. And they are a lot of they are a lot of fun. And they are not they are not tied to any specific mission objective. They're like kill certain enemy type, etc. So that means that you can still like I, I be in the game, but I'm not completely buffed out every aspect of my character and I certainly have not unlocked all of the power of all of my weapons yet I've seen people who have who I assume have gotten close I've played with them and they are deadly motherfuckers like it's crazy Um, lots of surprises lots of fun lots of Nazis to kill I will see you next week take us out Ivor you're fired Oh, wait, what's that? Ivor Ivor has something he wants to say about me. Now, you listen. Now, you listen. For you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn-rimmed spectacles. And you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines. And you're going to wear a skirt and low-heeled shoes. And you're going to wear a girdle. And especially a girdle. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Three, yada yada yee, four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux.
It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.